Welcome back to Ready For. I'm Logan Newkirk, a residence director at Belmont University. And this episode is specific to our student population at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. We've created this episode as a resource for our students and their families that are looking for off-campus housing. And we asked our director of residence life to share his thoughts on what those options look like for people in Nashville. It is a great job of sharing his thoughts and opinions that can hopefully be a starting place for families as they start their search. Please keep in mind that this episode was recorded in early January of 2020, and information may have slightly changed due to the global COVID-19 pandemic that we experienced shortly after. Additionally, we are an office of residence life, and the information presented in this episode is not to be taken as absolute fact or gospel, but rather be a starting point or tool for you to use in your own personal research. Ready For is a podcast that exists to provide meaningful conversations for college families. And we hope that this episode's information proves helpful. Welcome back to Ready For. We have a special edition of our podcast today with the Associate Dean of Students and the Director of Residence Life, Anthony Donovan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anthony. Thank you for having me, guys. We're excited uh, with the housing process upcoming and with a new situation. We have a lot of information for our on-campus housing and everything, but we figured you might want to talk a little bit about the off-campus housing process and what that can look like. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, Belmont is a school that has a lot of transfer students, and we're also in a unique situation in that uh, we're in a really robust housing market uh, for students themselves trying to do that. And we found that a large number of our transfer students and a lot of incoming students are interested about how to find housing off campus. And that can be a little difficult if you're uh, not from this area, but it can even be challenging if you've never had to conduct a search like that. And so I want to just spend a little bit of time with you all today just talking through those things for folks and helping giving them some clarity and giving them some helpful hints about how you might be able to do that successfully. Yeah. Could we uh, start at the beginning and could you just like give a brief uh, outline how our housing process works? Sure. Um, we have a housing requirement uh, that requires that students who have, who by the start of the semester they're entering, who are under 60 hours are required to live with us. Now, there is one exception from that, and that is that doesn't necessarily apply to transfer students. Um, we're in a the difficult situation where uh, we're a growing institution and we're continuing to add capacity to our housing operation, but uh, we've had to make some hard choices at times about the number of students that we can house. We've chosen, because of the research that we've seen, to prioritize our incoming freshman classes as the people who need housing. The research that we've seen uh, that's backed up by other research uh, shows that they're the people who are the most vulnerable to not having uh, campus housing in terms of their college success, so we've prioritized that. That doesn't mean that we don't care about our incoming transfer students. In fact, we very much do, and we've uh, tried to devote a lot of resources, including something like this podcast, to help them figure out how that is. We do house some transfer students, but that can vary from year to year depending on our housing situation. This upcoming system uh, situation this year seems to be uh, perhaps that we may be a little bit of a tight situation where we're needing space and we may not be able to offer as much help as far as on-campus housing for our transfer incoming students. And so we wanted to take some proactive measures by talking a little bit about this and giving people an opportunity 
need to have a resource that can help them guide their search. So typically our process happens where students apply. We base our housing on our on a first come first serve basis for our freshmen. We then prioritize uh, all the other groups after that that come after that. Um, those transfer students again within that grouping are, trans are prioritized by the date of their application. On a good year, we tend to get through uh, those people who apply by the national reply date of May 1st, but there have been a few years where we didn't get quite that far either at the start. We typically make our assignments uh, toward the end of May, early June, and then that's with our freshmen, and then we focus in on our transfer students. Many times we've had to ask them to, we said, we think we can give you housing, but we're going to wait list you as we get uh, openings that go out throughout the summer. Uh, but we will make assignments uh, all the way up until the beginning of the school with the spaces that we have available. Sometimes for us, um, we have what we call no-shows. Those are people who haven't bothered to tell us that they're not coming, but they uh, don't show up. And so, and we don't figure that out until as school starts and we have some time to see that. And then we've often housed people as late as a couple of weeks into the start of the semester that have been able to be patient and diligent on the waiting list. Um, so it can be a really tough situation if you applied early and you're on the waiting list. One of the things that I give people to do is tell them, I said, think about what's your level of comfort as a parent, as a family, as your student? As your, are you anxious about housing? Is that something that's going to be something that you can't, that you need to know? Then the answer is, then you should look for off-campus housing when you're told that you're not, we're not going to provide that immediately. If your kid's kind of laid back and able to kind of go with the flow, or maybe you have some options that are, uh, that you can wait on, then it, and it, take your shot and, and see where it goes. Uh, those people who are most likely to help are those people who are um, able to wait on the waiting list the longest, but also um, have uh, fewer restrictions on the kind of spaces they're willing to accept. Um, probably the hardest thing to do is somebody who applies late but has a very specific criteria about the kind of housing that they want from us. Those are really hard to get because we don't control the way those no-shows and cancellations happen, and so can't always predict that. So. Um, that part of the process happens. Uh, generally speaking, by that early part of June, we're telling people where they are. Uh, we're able to have an online waiting list uh, so that students can see where they are. Once we populate that with people, they can go on to their My Housing Porter portal and look at that and see exactly where they are on that waiting list. We Generally speaking, we divide it up among men and women, so you're not competing for space among everybody. So even though we might have 100 students on the waiting list, some of them may be women, some of them may be men, and so you're only really uh, your waiting list are only you're only talking about those students as uh, as the people that are on the waiting list with you. As we get openings, we contact students and tell them that we have housing available. Um, sometimes uh, they uh, turn us down. When they turn us down, we put them back on the waiting list, um, but we go to the next person who might want that. Um, that's why having a choice, uh, when you fill out our housing application, making sure that you have all the options that you are willing to accept is super important so that we can house those students. We know what you might want in the event that we don't have your first choice, we can go to your second or third choices. Um, but sometimes people are very specific and we just don't have that. We don't take them off, but we certainly move them back to the waiting list and we would go to the next person who might want the kind of housing that that we have. 
we try to let students know this as soon as possible, as soon as we have a sense of that. Um, sometimes that's hard because of the way um, the national reply deadline of May 1st happens. So we run a little bit behind uh, a student's admission because there's a uh, the supplemental housing application that I have to complete. And generally speaking, we run anywhere from about a week to a week and a half later. So people uh, go get their, they've been accepted, they apply to the university and they get all that done. And then they get a, a notice from us to, that they need to go on and apply for housing. And sometimes that takes a little while for people to do that. So usually by the, about the middle of May, we're having a good sense of what our situation is going to look like, how many of our freshmen we're going to have, how many of our transfer students that we've had apply already. Generally speaking, about half our transfer students don't apply for housing until after the national reply deadline. And there's a lot of reasons for that because they're transfer students. Many of them are waiting for their school, their grades from their uh, other institution. Um, maybe they're considering officers from several places, um, but but uh, but about half of them don't apply until after the national reply deadline. So um, when we do that, um, we, uh, we will house those students that we can um, at that moment. Then we'll waitlist those people. When we make a housing assignment, it's we'll send out a notification on it, but it's also going to be on our uh, housing website, uh, my housing portal. So it'll show you who your uh, room is and, and who your roommate is at that point. And that's, uh, that's the basic process of how we handle those students who need housing or we're going to provide housing to as far as on-campus housing. Yeah. What I'm hearing in all that, too, is if somebody calls and they have been put on a wait list, they've been notified of that, and they are curious why they haven't been placed in a housing assignment, there's a long list of procedure <laughs> that we are doing everything we can but we, our hands are tied in a couple ways, and we like ultimately want the best situation for them to meet the needs that they like they have and the wants that they have. Um, it's just not that simple sometimes. No, <laughs> it's not unfortunately, and um, I wish it were simpler. Uh, but um, it's sort of the supply and demand that you're trying to manage. That um, our number one goal is we want to house as many students as possible that want housing, um, and so we're really emphasizing that. And and uh, I can tell you that. It's never we would if we could house every single transfer student every single we would do that we just uh, it's, you know, haven't been able to do that much in the 19 years that I've been here all the time and so um, and so we've tried to try to prioritize people having the best opportunity to make decisions for themselves, have given them an opportunity to have time to look for something else if they need to, um, or get to make choices for themselves as much about how much they want to wait, what, what works for their family. Um, um, so, you know, we've also helped a lot of students find housing off campus. And so it's, it's very possible. In fact, I, I would tell you that uh, with a little bit of advanced planning, um, any family can find housing um, if they know a couple things first. You know, they've done a little bit of work ahead of time, sort of know the area, maybe had a phone call or two with us, and we've corresponded with them, maybe give them a space, some some points to look for. But also they have to have this really important discussion about what can I afford? What can I afford? What can I afford as a family? What, what were we expecting to pay? So if you lived on campus with us, roughly, um, if you were going to live in our high end, highest apartment setting, you'd be paying roughly about $875 a person per month, roughly is what it is, at on four and a half month sort of semester cost. So that's a lot of money. And, and while housing in Nashville is not cheap, um, um, there is there are places and there are opportunities for the, in that range of money where you can live safely and in a good situation, uh, but it does take a little bit of work. 
work and thinking about it. Ideally, when you can multiply that by another roommate or someone else, now your your money goes a little further and that changes some of the options that are available to you. But you're able to do a lot more um, if you have a and you can do it fairly quickly if you can have an understanding of what um, what you can't afford, what you can do as a family, what 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 makes sense for you. So again, if you were going to choose to live on campus, if you had that in your budget and your plan, there's there's a quite a bit of money there that would help you do that if you that if you were planning to spend that already. Um, but it does take some thoughtfulness on, in advance to figure out what what makes sense for you as a family. Um, yep. So let's say they decide they're looking for off-campus housing. Mm-hmm. Um, what options exist out there? Yeah. You're just going to list them all. Belmont is located in one of the more expensive zip codes in the city. And so obviously the first thing that everybody wants to do is they want to live nearby. Um, that's part of the reason that we have such positive housing growth is because we're people understand that we have really have wonderful facilities, but we're also, you can't be any, be any closer than where we are right now as, as far as the campus. Um, but the housing market that's immediately around here is immediately around here is pretty um, pricey and it can be challenging because of a couple reasons. Uh, you're really within about about a two or three mile radius, three institutions. So you have Lipscomb uh, University, Vanderbilt University, and Belmont all within a small radius of time, a space here. So you have a lot of competition for that housing. In addition to it, there is a lot of really, um, this is an, a residential area for the most part, and there's a lot of people who live here and this is their home. And uh, so that it, it makes the demand, the quantity and inventory of what rooms are available um, a little bit more scarce. Belmont is also happens to be luckily just located just south of the main part of the city, and so that also makes it very attractive to people as well. Just like any other major city, the further you move out, the better your opportunity is for other uh, more affordable, but also um, more proliferation of housing. And so in Nashville, as a general rule, the further you get out, the cheaper things get and generally speaking um, the more of those more options become available in terms of apartment complexes and some things like that so when you're focused if you're going to focus your search really closely around campus it's, it may be pricey um, I would tell you that our research shows that a typical two bedroom apartment in this immediate area starts at about $2,300 and that can I don't mean that to give anybody some sticker shock but um, there are certainly deals that can be found that's a little bit more than that at 875 per person that I was talking about. But you go out further and you get into the western part of the city and you get into some of the parts on the east side as well as the north side, apartments start to become a lot more affordable and you can find uh, things that run, uh, you know, into that range of pricing that we talked about or even lower. Um, But there are some trade-offs that come with that. Nashville is a big city. And just like any big city, there are probably some areas that are more desirable than others. Um, and so that's something to think about and pay attention to as your family. We can offer a lot of assistance in that because we were very experienced in that. And we know uh, sort of the areas that students have rented from before. In some cases, we even know people who they rented from and had positive experiences or negative experiences from. Um, but we also can give you a sense of the t- changing dynamics. of There is sort of a phenomenon that happens at Bel- in Nashville that I think sometimes people have to be aware of is um, the parts of the city that are good and safe parts of the city 
are not farly far uh, from sometimes some of the spaces that are maybe a little bit more challenging, maybe need a little more thought about um, that. Some of it, I think, as a family, is you have to think about, you know, what is my my student um, comfortable with? If you're from a small town in the middle of the Midwest and you've never lived in a big city, um, you may want to go for some of the sort of known quantities, um, uh, places that have good, that are bigger and sort of have a wider uh, space of just of good, safe neighborhoods as a part of that. But if you're from a big city yourself, maybe your child isn't um, ha- having struck, doesn't have a struggle and is used to knowing how to, to navigate the challenges of being in a city where some places are uh, easier to be around and, and to. One of the things that I always tell everybody, though, regardless of where you're going to go live at off campus, is one of the most important things that you can do is at, once you've settled on a place or you're thinking about a place is to drive through it, um, look at it beyond just the complex that you're looking at, and, and, and imagine that place at night um, because that's what you need to remember. Imagine about where, think also about where will your son or daughter go to get their groceries or maybe go out and shop or, and, and see where the, where a student has to go. Because sometimes um, the challenge is that you transition through an area that's not necessarily safe, but, necess- but, but the rest of the surrounding area is fine. And so you just want to think through some of those things with the, uh, that in mind. Um, I, I think, you know, Nashville's, uh, for a city the size of it is, it's a, I think it's a pretty safe city, but, but um, any city uh, at any time, whether it's a giant city or a small town, there are moments where you have to make think about your own personal safety. And um, I think if you can go into your situation thinking about that with that, I think most people are fine. Uh, we also will happily tell you if there's an area where you might want to avoid. Uh, we've even got some maps in our office that we can kind of that kind of break up the different parts of the can- uh, the city with pricing in terms of just a general range, as well as um, just sort of some of the challenges and pluses of both those areas and all those areas. And so that can help you sort of point you in the right direction. I've had a couple of students who have spoken to me uh, either as resident assistants or students who have enough credits to be able to move off campus. And their parents may be uh, interested in real estate in the area, and they're considering buying as a viable option long term. What advice would you give to students or families who are thinking about the opportunity to buy versus what it looks like to rent? Yeah. Uh, we have a number of families every year that that they purchase a home for their student uh, to live in. They look at it as an investment property. Um, Nashville is one of the five uh, fastest growing housing markets in the country. Um, the pricing range there. It also means that it's rapidly increasing in terms of the cost there. And so, um, particularly over the last ten years, pricing has really continued to go. Um, it's hard to predict if it'll continue that way. But there's really no things that suggest anything right now that the housing market in Nashville um, is going to take a turn to a different way. Um, demand still continues to be high. Supplies is a, a, a little bit on the uh, slight side. So I think, you know, the, uh, buying a home is a pretty good pro, uh, pretty good investment for a student, for a family, if their student is going to live off campus. Um, uh, you know, some of the typical uh, things about, like, how quickly, you know, some places, if you're in a hard housing market, um, you know, buying a home, they'll tell you to sit on it for a couple of years. The great advantage if you, is if you have your son or daughter here um, and, you know, you, they're going to be here for a couple of years. Maybe they're thinking about graduate school. Um, that can be a really good option because in four years, you, you may made quite a bit of profit at the, uh, on that potentially. Um, the other thing that I think sometimes is too is that, you know, um, I see a lot of families um, that will buy a home. They will be in essence become a renter with uh, f- with their child with someone else or maybe a couple people. Um, and that, that seems to be a good uh, option for people. 
sometimes uh, we have a lot of this. We see families that have several children who intend to come to Belmont, and so they think about that as a part of their planning for that. And so um, the first student, when they have an opportunity to move off campus, they they uh, purchase a home with them with the idea that the couple children, another child they might be following behind in a couple years, has that option available to them as well. And um, you know, especially if your son or daughter is thinking about remaining in Nashville after they graduate, those those are all really good options. Um, they're not for everybody, um, and but uh, you know, I think they're really good options for a lot of families uh, because it because they have the uh, financial wherewithal to be able to do that, but also makes a lot of sense from the dynamics of their family and and their education sort of situation. You've already given some really great tips looking at the area as a holistic thing uh, for when you're looking at options. Let's say you've made that decision to live off campus. How, how do you start that search and what tips would you offer there? Yeah, that's a great question. That's sometimes the hardest part of the whole search is that just deciding what, where to go. Um, the internet has really helped um, apartment searches. Um, you can do a lot of the legwork in advance before you ever even step foot on here. In fact, you, you might only come for one time. Uh, you might be able to do that because you're here for orientation or something like that. It is very possible if you plan right that you could have something worked out pretty easily. Now, there's a couple things to think about. Um, there's a heavy period of people um, looking for apartments at the end of May, early June, because that's when the school year ends. So there's a lot of turnover in those periods of time. But then there's also another period of time just before August and beginning of August, as, as families do too. So some people think that I have to be here, I have to have something in June, and I, or I won't have it, or I have to have something in August. Um, sometimes that's not true. I mean, there, there's some space there. Um, a lot of the legwork for people moving in August actually happens in July, June and July where people are making arrangements. They've got, a, the, uh, especially complexes, um, have a lot of their listings in advance, and so they know, and so they're anticipating there. Um, that's an, a really other good point that I would tell you is um, um, you can use that online, but maybe let's just say you can't come here maybe one time. You only have a space to do that once. Um, many realty companies have relocation specialists. Nashville's a big corporate town. It's a very uh, important business for a lot of real estate companies. Many of them have people who their job is just simply to help people relocate here, whether it's an apartment or it's a, uh, a house. But they have people whose job it is to do some of that legwork for you. We've we've had people that we worked with um, that will go out and take photos of, of places and send them electronically to people, or they'll help arrange visits and go with them when they're here, and so they go to all the places. So their time is really productive here. Now, sometimes those uh, consultants are... They charge a little money for that, but then many of them, they make their money off the commissions that they get from working with the various um, apartment complexes. One of the great things about these people is they're often people who have deals or have access to rates that other people don't. So they've negotiated those with or they have an agreement with a complex or whatever, and they can offer deals that sometimes other people can't. And so I think that's really a great uh, way if you're really struggling for time or whatever. Um, I think if you have some space and one is to think about maybe extending maybe on the front end or the back end of your time if you're here visiting orientation in June um, I think if you can do some work in advance using things like uh, various apartment finders that are on the internet they can help you do that the uh, old fashioned they're still around you don't see them as much but the old fashioned you go to the grocery store and you see the sort of the paper handbook of, of apartment listings is 
is a tremendous asset, and it's so much simpler to. They're often organized by area of the city, and so if you're looking in Bellevue per se, um, you can instantly um, see a large number of complexes all there, and you can look at them. They got great photos. They're all. They give you a sense of the pricing. Sometimes they're advertising specials for people who are looking through that, and so even though that's a very uh, low tech sort of version of it, it's actually a very effective way uh, to do that. So you know you're sitting in your hotel room. And, you know, while you're visiting here for orientation, you're looking through that and you can have a sense of you can see that. But sometimes also just having a little time on the front end or back end of your stay can be a great way to do that. But let's say you can't do any of those things or you've already come here and maybe your son or daughter is studying abroad somewhere or doing, going to camp. I got a camp or something. Um, I sometimes tell people this. Um, there are a lot of really great extended stay hotels in the city. Um, the costs for those are about the same as what it would might cost for a month's rent. Um, so there's not a huge – so if you're planning to rent a place, um, or you know, you might be able to go stay at one of those for a couple weeks. The, the, the benefit of those things is it gives you something that you know that you have. It also buys you the time to really look through that. If living on campus is super important to you, it also gives you as long of a timeline to get through those no-shows that we've talked about. Maybe that something comes up and is open and available to you. Those are often the people that we've been able to serve the most late in that process is that they um, have decided to find make some temporary arrangements so that it buys them some time to look for something longer. What I love about some of those arrangements where you can find something for a couple weeks at the start of the school year is one it might have give you an opportunity to meet somebody who's also in the same situation so that might give you the ability to find a roommate or find somebody who you like and you meet but it also might um, it gives you a chance not to have to jump at the first thing that you get and I think that's really important because it gives you time to think about the an area and it gives you a chance a little bit of chance to comparison shop maybe there's a better deal for you maybe um, there's an opportunity that uh, something closer to the campus than you wanted to um, originally um, so you have those options there and I think that's what buying some space and time to do that um, you know some of these places are offering a year long lease and so you want to be careful about committing to that um, before you go into that so if you can buy yourself a little bit of time I think that helps that so um, it can be really a stressful period of time when you're having people that are trying to figure that out and you're, you're having no luck and the other thing I would tell you is that if you're struggling and you don't know where and you've tried and you've done some of the tips that I suggested come in and see us. Um, one of the things that I would mention to you all is that um, we keep a listing of um, apartments that aren't typically uh, maybe uh, put out in a big um, um, a book like this or online they may they just may be advertised somebody owns a couple units and they have an affiliation with Belmont um, they might come and list them through us and we have a listing that we keep online on our website that our students can access um, while we don't we don't recommend anybody particularly to say these are people who generally um, they know Belmont students they like Belmont students and so I will say that you have to sometimes be careful um, if it sounds too good to be true it probably is um, though we try to, so we try to uh, 
to sort of check those out and make sure um, that. But again, our listings, the people are doing that voluntarily. We don't have this. Uh, we're not recommending these people one way or the other. But that can be a great listing because a lot of times they're here locally nearby and in, in Belmont near Belmont, and they maybe have taken a home and they've turned it into a multi uh, multi home unit to where uh, you know they've turned it and divided it up into apartments. And and sometimes they're some of the best deals that you can find around here is because they're in they're in, they've bought this is investment property they turned that into a rental income for them and they want to fill it and they're motivated to do that and so one of the tips that I give some people is that when you're here in orientation if you want to find something really close by really honestly um, you can drive almost any time of the year there's a roughly about a 10 block area uh, just sort of west of Belmont off of Belmont Boulevard and sort of west just driving through those neighborhoods you'll find fascinating number of just homes that are advertised with a for sale a for rent sign mm-hmm. um, and and sometimes those are some of the best opportunities and deals for people. And because they feel so quickly for people, they don't ever have to really do any out, uh, extra advertising for it. And so, but those are sometimes some of the best deals. Um, sometimes I would tell you to think about one of the things to think about as you think is um, if I could sign a lease in June, even though I don't need it till August, that might be worth the money that it costs you extra if it gives you peace of mind, but it also assures that you that you have a space to live. And if the deal is good and you might make up for it. Um, the other thing that I would tell you is when you start in June, that means that you'll end in May. And so if you wanted to make a change, you basically approximate the same, the academic year. So um, I would tell you too that, you know, not everybody thinks that you have to have a 12-month a, a, a lease. What I would tell you is there's a pretty big difference in the way apartment complex act versus maybe smaller home uh, people who are offering just a few units. The person who has a few units, um, they might, they may be, be able to give in on a couple other ends about some other things, but they're going to probably ask for more things like a, a first and uh, a first and last month's deposit. Maybe they're going to require certain uh, restrictions on it. They might be a little more flexible in the start date and some things like that, but generally they're going to want a whole year's lease. Um, apartment complexes, um, they, they may not. They may be happy for them. A nine-month lease might be uh, more appeal, appealing to them if you needed it. So let's say your son or daughter is going to go study study abroad uh, for a May master in the following year and you, you sign it for August. Um, you know, they, you might have to ask for a nine-month lease but you, and you might pay a little more for it, but they might be more willing to do it because they'd rather have that apartment rented for nine months out of the year than squabble with somebody over three more months. And their demand could be high enough that they're used to always having a sort of rotating inventory of that as opposed to somebody who owns a handful of units, um, they're going to be less inclined to want to have those apartments be empty because they can't uh, absorb the cost of having those apartments be empty. So they may be more stringent in some of those kinds of terms. The other thing that we would tell you is don't be afraid to tell people that you're a Belmont student. Our students have a very positive reputation. Um, a lot of the land owner, landlords around here know them, prefer them. Um, hopefully uh, you honor that uh, reputation well, but generally speaking, our students are regarded well. I've never heard of a case where being a Belmont student hurt a person in their search. And so, um, and then sometimes, um, even unbeknownst to us, sometimes apartment complexes have um, special rates for Belmont students and uh, because they like them and value them. Sometimes you just have to ask. And so, um, so I think to get you started, um, you know, there's some simple steps that you can do. There's some, if you need more help, you can, there's professionals that you can hire or 
make arrangements with. You can always come and uh, do that with us. Um, I also would tell you that uh, transfer the orientation periods are often great moments for people to connect with other people. Um, so you know, everybody, a lot of people when you come to transfer orientation, many of the same people are in the same situation as you, and they're looking for roommates. Um, we also have a, a listing that we can provide, sort of like a personal ad that's available to our students that they can list their own sort of um, personal profile looking for a roommate. And that's a great way to match up with people that are looking for that too. But I, I think some of the most effective things um, are uh, things that like at uh, orientation, a lot of the parents, they sit, students sit by geography sometimes. And so seeing somebody who is from your same area might give you a connection to being able to do that. Um, sometimes I've, I've, uh, I've sat in and done parent sessions on housing, transfer housing, and parents have said, hey, I'm looking for a roommate uh, for my son, anybody else looking for that? Or, hey, we're from, we're from Minnesota, anybody else from that part of the country? And they just take their advocacy that they take for themselves. Uh, even during orientation, you know, we have a parent reception. A lot of times that's an opportunity for parents to meet and mingle. And I've seen many a pair and a, many a roommate situation uh, happen through that. A lot of times uh, I've heard of parents who um, they found a place to live. They would prefer to have it with somebody else or maybe two other people people and they're just looking for those two people so that's a great way to, they've done all the hard work for you now it's just about uh, figuring some of those things out so yeah I think I think you make a really great point I've I've been here for almost two years at this point we got a lot of great resources when we get here uh, but one of the best things is like figuring out this city as much as you can before you get here because you're right there are so many areas and pockets to nashville that are uniquely them and tied to these things yes. um you list and you say a lot of great things about what we offer what we can do and all these ways we can help so this may seem like a weird thing coming on the heels of that but what can we not do or what is outside of our purview that people ask us yeah yeah every year or so we'll have somebody who asks us to sort of do the search for them um while we want to help you and we want to do the best things that we can we're not going to um, be able to help conduct that search or find that place for you um we're also not going to really be able to um move you ahead of other people because of your circumstance necessarily i mean at their when we have a waiting list we have a lot of people and they're all looking for the same thing and a lot all of them are feeling a certain same level of anxiety about that and so we want to try to be as fair as we can be to possible to everybody possible um sometimes um you know we we will help you we will we will give you advice we will give you guidance but we really can't know your situation and you know you have to be the one that has an understanding about what you can afford and what you can't afford um and we can't do that we can't we can't make those decisions for you a lot of people say would you live there or whatever and and you know i i i think i said this earlier a lot of that depends on the comfort level of your child you know um we're not going to go take photos of complexes um and again we're going to be really careful because we don't want to recommend a place over another we'll offer you our experiences that we have but we're not going to make a recommendation to say you should go this place versus that place um, um but we will tell you sort of the advantages and disadvantages of of different places um you, you sort of mentioned that um the city has got a lot of different things going on with it. I, I'd love to take just a second to sort of talk about, in general speaking, where you can find some, so where you can, you might be able to focus your search.
research depending on sort of where your circumstances are. So uh, I said to you that Belmont is sort of the um, one of the most expensive zip codes. So some of the highest cost of housing is right around here as far as that. You go to the south and you go closer to Franklin, which is a sort of a city near Nashville. That's all in Brentwood. Um, those areas are they they have complexes, but they tend to be a little bit um, a little bit more exp on the expensive side too. There's an area called Antioch um, that kind of is it's sort of to the southeast of of. Belmont. Um, that area is often a place with some older complexes, but they have a fair number of them, but many of them have been remodeled in the recent years. And the pricing on them is really pretty good. The problem with them is, is this one of those places where you have to think a little bit about the area that it's in, as well as the area where you're going to be living in and sort of traveling. And so um, uh, there's an area that we kind of affectionately call Brentioc, which is sort of on the border of Antioch and Brentwood that have a lot of really nice complexes and a lot of and, and pretty affordable prices. But um, it is adjacent to some places where you'd want to think through that a little bit um, and make sure that works for your family. Uh, for me, I th I'm a... I'm a big fan of Bellevue um, because it's to the west of the city. It's it's a little further away. Um, I, I'm uh, full disclosure. I live in Bellevue, but uh, <laughs> but I've lived there for a long time. But uh, they don't pay me anything to say that. Um, but what I like about it is it has a large number of complexes in a relatively small area of it. Um, the pricing is sort of in the mid level of the pricing in terms of where the Nashville market. Um, but they have a lot of availability, generally speaking, and it's it's a relatively reasonable commute. I mean, it can be anywhere from about 12 miles to about 15 miles, but and it's going to take a little while. But I got to be honest, in Nashville, almost anywhere outside of right here, and it, everything is a 20 minute commute, um, even something that's close by. And so um, Bellevue can in the morning can be, you know, a 35 minute commute. Um, in the afternoon, it can be anywhere from 25 minutes to 30 35 minutes, but um, but it's a great location if you're pressed for time and you need to figure something out and you want to go to a place that I think is relatively safe with a lot of options. And so I'm a big fan of that. Um, when you go to the sort of to the northeast of the city, um, there are some good options there. As you get closer to the airport, there are a lot of apartment complexes, but that area starts to and they're they're relatively inexpensive compared to some of the others. But they the the the, the areas themselves are somewhat more uh, probably Problematic. But when you go to the Northeast, I think uh, you, you see some things similar to where you see in Bellevue. Medium-sized prices, um, a fair number of complexes, but the commute is tough. It's one of the harder commutes from the sit side of the city, and, and so that time starts to spread out a little bit. Um, you know, the commute's not a big deal if your kid's not taking 8 o'clock classes necessarily or, or some things like that. Um, but but if you've got some of those things, you might want to think through that. Um, sort of to the northwest of the city is not as developed, but it's starting to develop more. And you're starting to see some complexes there. Pricing is sort of in the middle of the road. Um, but there's just not a ton of complexes out there as much yet. But I think in time there will be. Um, so and then, you know, if you're uh, want to live in the heart of the city, there are complexes there, but you're going to see some of them like the Gulch mm -hmm. or the Sobro area. You, you know, if you're looking for an investment property and you want to buy a condo or an apartment there, that, that might be a great place for those kinds of things. Um, but their costs are probably some of the highest of the city in terms of that, you know, monthly rent. But there there are a lot of units and you can't beat this, the location 
and the uh, convenience to some of the things and, and closeness to sort of the heart of the city. And so those are really good options uh, if, you, if you're thinking about that sort of style for your students. So. Yeah, I think uh, one of the great things about living on campus is I never have to drive to work. My office is my office is 50 feet from where. Uh, so that's really great. But I, I think I've talked, me and Logan are both from smaller places growing up. And we've talked before about if it's going to take me five minutes to get somewhere, it's because it's five miles away. Uh, whereas here, you kind of learn. You really learn the timing aspect. Um, two places that when I moved here that I, that I heard a lot about because there were either things going on or people in similar areas to me were East Nashville as well as the West, uh, the West Nashville area, like the Nations, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, and I know a couple of our students live out there. Would you, do you have anything to add about this? Yeah, I mean, East Nashville is one of the more mature areas in terms of the housing market. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, um, 15, 10, 15 years ago, it was really the hottest part of the city in terms of families moving in and homes there. It was sort of going under a bit of a revitalization and sort of renewal. And so uh, there are a lot of homes that are out there. There are probably people who've invested in properties to, to rent to people. Um, I don't know that there's a ton, as many um, apartment complexes out there, but you'll see something similar to what you see around Belmont where people have bought homes and turned them into multi-unit uh, dwellings for people. And so you'll see some there. The nation's an interesting area. Um, it's a really cool area. Um, again, you're starting to see, uh, what you're seeing here is you'll see a lot of people who've built new homes on spaces that where existing homes were there. And so they might build uh, townhomes or townhome styles, what we call the skinny home here in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> that's so prolific around here. Um, that's a That could be a great place, particularly for an investment property. Again, um, um, that area is still um, a little bit in transition in terms of um, just the safeness of it. I mean, it, it butts up against some challenging areas of the city. Um, the nation's itself is generally pretty good. Um, that's the same thing for Sylvan Park. It was really one of the hot areas 10 years ago. It's sort of matured a little bit, but um, but there's been a lot of homes that have been bought there and remodeled. And there are a few complexes, but it's, it's mostly residential that people are selling uh, or renting out homes there. But it can be a good place. Um, that's a, that's sort of, um, I think that's sort of uh, been a little bit forgotten. So I think there's a that that might be one of the hidden gems that is around right now. Um, the the area that's just east of Belmont uh, or off of I sixty five, which is the uh, Wedgwood Houston area, is uh, undergoing tremendous development right now, and uh, it's 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 a little rough and it's a little um, and, and there's some it's kind of industrial still, but there's a lot of really cool restaurants and things that are starting to be built there. The housing market is starting to change. You're starting to see new housing being built there. You're starting to see a few complexes being built there. Um, I I think that's an interesting place. Uh, That's about as close as you're going to get to campus anymore at a price that I think people can that might be thinking about. Uh, But it's an interesting area. Again, I think there's a it's a changing nature of the neighborhood, and it's something that you want to pay attention to. And um, but there's some real opportunities there if you're looking for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you've listed several resources that we offer, both the map that has been created, uh, a short list of places that people contact us to post. Um, is there anything else that? that are resources that we offer? 
Yeah, I mean, we have wonderful staff people. They're our best resource. Um, they, they, we spend a lot of time talking to families uh, about the things. We're always available via email or on the phone, uh, um, so that if you have a question or about an area or something, or hey, you're thinking about this complex, what do we know? We're always available to answer those things uh, if you call us during normal business hours. Um, we, uh, you know, when you're here during orientation, you're always welcome to come by our office, which is located in Wright Hall on the ground floor. Uh, we're able to do that. Um, we certainly try to put on, uh, we have, usually we have some orientation sessions for people helping to do that. So that's a great space for people to do that. We're working on a couple things too. We're, you know, we're, we're looking at the possibility of uh, working with some companies to maybe help create some uh, more Belmont specific deals for students working with individual complexes. Not quite ready to announce that yet, but uh, but we're there's some things that we're trying to create more resources for students for. And again, I did mention that we had our sort of online listing. Um, we're looking at trying to add some more additional uh, web resources through our website, and we're in the process of developing some of those. Uh, when we're recording this, it's January, so we're hoping to have those things by the time we might need them in uh, May. Um, um, but I think the best resource that we offer is that we have people here in our office that have lived in Nashville for a long time. They know the area. Um, they've also worked with our families and students for a lot of years, and they have the ability to sort of uh, help them navigate that. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes the best thing that you can you, we offer to people is just um, tell them come on in, sit down, and t- have us help them understand that it's going to be okay. Um, that um, as tough as it is sometimes to not um, be able to live on campus because that was something that was your plan A, and then have to go to plan B um, can be really tough. And and we understand that, uh, but I think we can also help you figure that out and make that step forward. For a lot of families, once you get past the idea that you're not able to live on campus, that's the most important step for them to figuring it out. And I think they're often I get people who are surprised at how actually easy it is to find it once they get past that but a lot of people spend a, a ton of time um, just in that I was like what are we going to do you know and that's hard because uh, while we try to tell you enough in advance when we're in that situation so that you have a little bit of time to plan uh, sometimes you can't get here until middle of June for orientation and so you're just sort of sitting there waiting uh, chomping at the bit to get something figured out and so sometimes it's just things are going to be okay yeah, you can figure it out we're here to help you so I think um so with most episodes, at the end, we ask we ask something like, uh, what sounds fun to you, or where would you travel if you had any choice? Being that you've been a Nashville native for 20 years, if you had to live near one restaurant, and you were just basing it off of that, what restaurant <coughs> would you try to be near? Well, you know, I, my wife and I don't have any children, and I'm a huge Predators fan, so uh, season ticket holder for a long time. If um, I if money was really no object, um, one of my favorite restaurants in Nashville is the Southern Downtown, mm. and there are some really awesome condos downtown. I can't afford them because I am the director of Residence Life, <laughs> but uh, if I could afford to do that, I would want I would love to live at the Southern because I would eat there way too many times a week. Um, it's a great restaurant, steak and oysters, uh, um, just a great feel to it. Um, but it's just so close to all the things that my wife and I like to do. Editors games, the Symphony Hall. Uh, we don't go to too many honky tonks anymore, but uh, a lot of the great restaurants in the town are there, and Country Music Hall of Fame, and uh, Music City Center, and so a lot of the really cool things right down there. And so if I could live, if I, I'd live close near to the Southern. So right, very cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Andrew. thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Thanks so much for listening. We hope that the information that was discussed was helpful for you in your search for off-campus housing. We wanted to reiterate some of the resources that came up in that discussion. Firstly, our office, the Office of Residence Life, is a great starting point as we have some created materials such as the map of Nashville that was mentioned. That map provides a generalized overview of various neighborhoods around the city. We also recommend checking out our episode that we recorded with Nashville apartment locators. They are a free service that assists individuals in finding an apartment within our city specified to the budget and features that you have in mind. Ready For is a podcast dedicated to equipping college families with the tools they need for meaningful conversations. Again, my name is Logan Newkirk, and this has been Ready For.